this is getting at least a little bit fun, right? Right? All this winning and stuff? The Pirates won in Detroit again yesterday. 4-2. Nice, smooth, fluid baseball game. Quick, too, you know? But on top of that, the Pirates have won eight of their last 12. They've won three of their last four series. And the only one that they didn't win might have been the most impressive in that it was the four-game split with the contending Padres. Good morning to you. Good Friday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of TK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Pirates, and it comes your way bright and early every weekday. If you're into football and or hockey, I also offer up Daily Shots of Steelers and Penguins right where you found this. The Penguins are back in action tonight at 8 o'clock in Minneapolis against the Twins, who've really been struggling. And it's at least conceivable that the Pirates could get over 500. They're they're uh, nine and ten right now. You know, all they'd have to do is, you know, that. And it's funny that a lot of things seem possible within the framework of winning. I genuinely hope that nobody runs away with this type of thinking or starts thinking about contention and adding at the deadline and other stuff like that. This team's nowhere near that status. But as I've been saying, really, since my first report out of Bradenton this spring, there's a benefit to winning as it relates to individual development. They are not on separate tracks. When you win, when you have people around you who are succeeding, it's going to it, it's going to give a push to people who sometimes might need a push. And I don't even necessarily mean motivation. I'm talking here about Mitch Keller. I thought Keller pitched as well yesterday as I've seen him. I, I really do. I, I thought Keller was was in command. He wasn't perfect. Uh, he had a, occasional issues. But I thought for the most part that Keller was able to do things that he hadn't been doing. He was attacking the strike zone. He was going after hitters. He was efficient. Five strikeouts. Zero walks. Mitch Keller, zero walks. 80 pitch. 80 80 pitch count. 57 strikes. Two runs over five full innings. I really, really liked it. And, uh, you know, I'm not going to play amateur psychologist here and wonder what it is that, or try to guess at what it is that was going through his head or this or that, but I'll tell you what. If I'm... If I'm Derek Shelton, I'm not overthinking this. If I'm Oscar Marine, I'm not overthinking this. I'm just saying, hey, did you see how Miguel Yuhure pitched last night? That's a child. That was his first big league start, and he wasn't afraid of anything. He was just going right at guys with all of his pitches, even after they they got hit. And by that I mean the specific type of pitch. 
He stayed with it. He came right back and he stayed in the zone. And he beat guys. And if it isn't Yahure, then you can look at Tyler Anderson, who's been... He's older, he's a veteran, so you kind of expect it. But Tyler Anderson doesn't have stuff that's anywhere near Keller's stuff. He doesn't care. He just pitches. He looks like a left-handed Jeff Carstens to me. Lack of another way to put it. You know, he just doesn't care. He's just going to battle. Maybe it's some combination of all those things, and maybe it's none of those things. Maybe I'm wrong or unfair in my criticism of Keller. I'll be open to that possibility as well. But I, I'd like to think that I know what it is that I'm watching, both for the worse, as we saw earlier, and for the better, as we saw yesterday. Here was Shelton's assessment of Keller's day. You know, he's a different cat when he's in the zone, and we're continuing to work on that. And uh, I think today was a really solid step. And, uh, you know, he gave us a chance to win the game because he went out and, and threw the ball in the strike zone. I will not let up on this kid. And by that, I don't necessarily mean in a negative sense. I'm going to go as he goes, but I won't let up because as often as I've stated this, it only becomes more and more evident that it's true that Keller is the 2021 swing vote. He's the county that you need in the election. Not just for this season, but for a lot of seasons to come. The Pirates, as an organization, can't let Mitch Keller get away. And I don't just mean, you know, trading him to the Rays and watching him turn into Cy Young. I mean, they can't even let him get mediocre. If you think about what the building blocks are of any low-budget Major League Baseball team, whether it's through a building phase or even if it's further along, the hardest pieces to acquire are always, always, always the starting pitchers. Two reasons for that. One, can't get them in free agency. Way too expensive. Dodgers signed Trevor Bauer for $40 million for one season. The Pirates will do that in 2000 and never. So you have to get them internally. And the other reason for it, plain and simple, is that it's really hard to trade for them too. You see in, in some of these uh, veterans for prospects deals, you'll see so-and-so's number one prospect get moved or number four prospect get moved uh, in an extraordinary circumstance. But look how few of them are arms. There's a reason for that. Nobody likes to let go of starting pitching. Nobody, not just the, the, the teams that spend in the Pirates range. Nobody does. They're terrified of it. They hate the idea of letting pitchers get away, which... Look, nobody needs this sidebar, but makes the whole Tyler Glass now, Shane Boz trade, and even if you leave Austin Meadows out of it, completely nuts. Shane Boz, of course, being the first-round pick that the Pirates just kind of casually threw into the deal. You can't do stuff like that. And 
no one really does, especially now that Neil Huntington and Kyle Stark are out of the league. This kid has to be made to work. This has to become a W in everyone's column. Marine's column, Shelton's column, Charrington's column. Because it won't be one. I've stated this unequivocally. You will not see this owner authorize a trade of Mitch Keller. I'm telling you that without even guessing. It won't happen. And he doesn't even like getting involved in that kind of stuff. He will not let Mitch Keller go. Because of his own stated reasons for firing the last guys. He wants to see these guys be difference makers. But on top of that, hey, you know, instead of, you know, you know, sounding all the, the doomsday stuff here, I can also throw in that wouldn't it be nice? You know, think about what this rotation could be. Quinn Priester is now seen by some scouts and some uh, ranking services as being one of the top prospects in, in all of baseball. Certainly one of the top pitching prospects. That's not a super certainty because there was no baseball in 2020, but that was a pretty strongly held sentiment among a lot of people who are pretty reputable and independent in the business. So let's say Quinn Priester does his thing. Let's say that the Pirates draft either Jack Leiter or Kumar Rocker. There's another one. Then there's Mitch Keller. Then you're just talking about a couple spots. And let's say one of them is J.T. Brubaker, who still has five years of control to his name. Now you're talking about a fifth starter, which only every team in baseball needs. That, that is why you need Keller to come through. And you need people throughout the system to see the example that, oh, wow, look, they got Keller right. Well, they, can, they can fix me. They can fix anybody. That's what you want. That's what you want. Such a big, big, big swing vote. When we come back, just one question. Welcome back. It's time for Just One Question, and that's brought to you on this program always by the North Shore Tavern. That is directly across Federal Street from PNC Park, the side with the Willie Stargell statue on it, and it's right next door to Mike's Beer Bar. Chances are you've been to Mike's. If so, this is just to the left of it. They're the same ownership, a lot of the same people, same kitchen, different entrances, but the same really lively and dedicated spirit that you love in an independent establishment. North Shore Tavern is probably the only pirate sports bar, meaning dedicated year-round pirate sports bar, anywhere on the planet. It's also the home to Steak on a Stone, their trademark dish, and that's exactly what it sounds like. It's steak served up on an 800-degree stone, and it comes kind of raw, and you've got to finish off the cooking yourself, but the good part is you don't have anyone to complain to if you cook it wrong. You know, it's all on you. North Shore Tavern. Today's question comes from Greg Sisson, who asks, do you trade high with Adam Frazier for a center fielder and shift Phillip Evans to second base? 
you only had me with the first five words of your question there, Greg, and that's trading high with Adam Frazier. I'm in favor, generally speaking, of trading high uh, with anyone. And, you know, any self-respecting executive would agree with that. You don't move players when they're they're struggling or they're in slumps. Uh, it's a it's a lousy way to do business, and it's a pretty good way to ensure that you're going to get something lower than optimal return. Frazier is having a terrific season after a stupendous spring. Three more hits yesterday. Uh, he's been dynamite at the top of the order, and on top of that, uh, as no one around here needs to know, he's a two-time finalist for the gold glove at second base. So he's holding down that position pretty well. So would I listen? Yeah. Would I want somebody to make really, really, really sure on the other end that I'm getting a significant return in both quantity and quality for the prospects? Yes. So I'm not just looking to give him away. I'm not looking to move him out because that's what you do. You got to move veterans for prospects whenever it's a you know, a build or a rebuild or whatever. You do it when somebody hits you over the head with it. The rest of it, though, you kind of lost me. Uh, you don't need to be trading anyone for a center fielder. You need to be trading someone for prospects. And other than leaning toward pitching for the reasons that I just mentioned, you need to do it just for best available. You really do. You, I mean... Yeah, you, you want to address, like, for example, you want to address, there's a dearth of catching at the lower levels of the minors. And it's something that Charrington's aware of, and he knows he has to he has to start replenishing it at some point. But you still don't let that sort of thing cloud your decisions. More than anything, what you're looking for, Greg, is you're looking for how high up can I go on their prospect lists? Because the way these trades work, if, if you're not familiar with it, is you say you're giving the veteran to somebody and they give you a list of prospects that you can't have. You follow me? Like they'll give you, let's say that they agree that top 15, top 20 or whatever, they're going to give you 15 guys that you can't have. And from there, you have the right then to go basically scouring and scouting their system to get whoever it is that you do want or who's the best fit for you. It's really common practice in baseball. So if you focus on a catcher or whatever, I just think you're kind of hurting yourself in that process. The other part you mentioned here was the shifting uh, Evans to second base. I, I don't see the need for that, and I don't know that the roster really lends itself to that. Cole Tucker is going to be coming up before long. And then you're going to have Kevin Newman, who seems to be trying to play his way out of the lineup. Eric Gonzalez, who's trying to play his way in the lineup but can play anywhere. And Cole Tucker, who has to show that he's got a, he's able to hit at the big league level. But you got to get on the field in order to be able to hit in the National League. And I'm not sure that I'd have Evans messing around in the infield when he's clearly shown a capability to play the outfield. He might not be, you know, Willie Mays, but that was a pretty nice effort to bring that that home run back into the into the field of play uh, for the double 
yesterday in Detroit, and one could argue very easily it won the game for the Pirates because the Tigers would have had the lead there uh, late. So if he doesn't hurt you out there and he's got the bat, um, he's got to play. For me, he's got to play in the outfield, even at the expense of Polanco. That said, he's got to kind of pick it back up too. Uh, offensively, 0 for 4 yesterday. He's down to 274. So some of the outlandish numbers that he had that were getting everybody all fired up uh, have started to come back to earth here. So as you can hear, Greg, there's a lot of different moves you can make, uh, but it's still not about 2021. It it just isn't. I know that's not going to be a very popular sentiment now when they're winning any more than it was when everyone thought they were going to lose 120, 130 games. But that's just... That's just the way it is. That's reality. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everyone listening to Daily Shot of Pirates all week long. And we'll be back with another one on Monday. Point Park University, in the heart of downtown Pittsburgh, they understand there's no substitute for real-world experience and career-building connections. Their innovative curriculum engages students with distinctive experiential learning opportunities. Point Park's pioneering co-op program empowers qualified students to work in full-time, paid positions with their corporate partners while earning college credits. Visit pointpark.edu works to learn more. Career ready. That's the point. Point Park University. Your front door. Your car. Your gym locker. Your gun. Safety is a habit. Learn more about how to keep guns safe and secure. Visit projectchildsafe.org.